Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders one conversation at a time. Each week, we'll hear from top business professionals about lessons on leadership and entrepreneurship that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Enterprising Podcast. I'm joined today by Juan Banos. Juan is the Chief Executive Officer of the BR Companies, a real estate construction and finance company with locations throughout the United States and in Mexico. In this role, he's responsible for setting the organization's vision for the future, which includes identifying strategic growth opportunities, forming strategic partnerships, and acquiring businesses. Juan Banos, welcome to Enterprising Podcast. Elena, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for that solid intro. It's definitely, uh, that's all to say I'm just the uh, the voice and the face of the company. So all those <laughs> fancy words don't really matter. <laughs> you know what? I, it's good to be the PR rep. I love that. I love that. <laughs> In fact, what I want you to do is to tell us more about the BR companies. What What do you do? What does the organization do? And what was your inspiration for starting the company? Sure. So the BR companies, we were born a construction company by my immigrant parents back in 1985. And through the decades, we've evolved and we've plugged in some real estate services and some finance services. So now we do, you know, project planning, we're doing construction projects, we're doing real estate development and some finance opportunities. So it's just kind of become this whole array of uh, services for the world of building. That's so remarkable. Do, do you think that when your parents started the company, they could have imagined that you would sort of branch out into so many different directions? I think it's interesting. My father was, he was a Spanish immigrant and he had a relatively big business in Spain. But long story short, when he came here, uh, he wanted to always kind of keep a small business, you know, kind of risk adverse. So he's not here with us anymore. But I think if, if he was, he'd be having a lot of, you know, screaming matches with me today. So, <laughs> but, you know, we still have to honor the legacy. It was his sort of the opposite vision, right? That, that's yeah. kind of remarkable. Well, so so speaking of your parents, I know since you are the son of immigrant parents, you you remain committed to building on the legacy that they started by pursuing their own American dream. Talk about what that's meant to you, both personally and professionally, and especially as you instill kind of an entrepreneurial spirit and family orientation into the culture of the BR companies. Sure. Well, you asked earlier, what was the inspiration? And so I didn't so much have an inspiration to start the business as much as I'm inspired today to continue to build off of that legacy that my parents came here for, right? So they, they came for the American dream and they, you don't see that as much anymore. And I, you know, they were living proof of it and I got to see it firsthand to watch people come from different countries and, you know, not only learn the culture and the American values, but to build a business and succeed, talk about impossible, but, you know, they made it happen. So just honored to continue to build off that legacy. And that's very inspiring alone. Yeah, super remarkable. And when you and I were talking earlier before we started recording, you, you talked a little bit about how your parents came not knowing not knowing the language. How, how were they able to navigate that? And, and for your family, what, what would that, what did that look like as in terms of sort of becoming integrated and immersed into American culture? Well, I mean, thankfully, I guess 
we were we are in Southern California, so we're so close to the border that there's a lot of Spanish speaking people here. But yeah, look, I mean, we we grew up as first generation where Spanish was my first language, so we we went to preschool only speaking Spanish, and we kind of learned it, you know, as we went to school. But you know, we we saw those challenges. In fact, you know, funny story, my dad took his contractor's license not knowing how to read or write in English. But he had this photographic memory that I don't have, but he was able to connect, you know, certain words and, and say that the answer is C because C belongs with this certain word. And, and he passed his contractor license. But, you know, I, with his own, not to demine his, his uh, undermine his credibility, but he was a unbelievable builder. He built, he built in Spain and he came and built again here in America. Remarkable. That, that's so great. I, I know that you're doing business across the country. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about where you're doing business, where your headquarters are, and then kind of where your offices are and and how, as a result of sort of expanding across the country, you've been able to build relationships. Yeah. So our headquarters, our corporate offices is just outside of Los Angeles. We're about 40 minutes east, which is a town called Glendora, California. This is where we grew up. And, you know, as we've expanded, we have an office in San Diego, California. We've got one in Arizona, Nevada, Texas, St. Louis, and we're looking at Kansas City. Um, so we have a few offices here in the U.S. and a couple in Mexico. And uh, in order to maintain those relationships, you've just kind of got to go macro. You know, you have to hire the right people and hope that they can maintain and, and continue to maintain and nurture those relationships for you. Well, you know, we talked earlier about culture, and I'm sure that, you know, as as you have hired, as you have expanded your team, that it's sort of building trust with your within your own team and, and allowing them to go and formulate relationships that that has been you know, a, a key factor in being able to expand. Is there a particular way that you've been able to sort of, um, I don't know, oversee the building of relationships or, you know, the way that you've been able to maintain them that, that's been unique or, or particularly uh, interesting for you? Yeah. So I would, I guess I would answer that as we bring a family culture, you know, it's still a family ran business, still family owned business. Um, but there's this unique kind of entrepreneurial hybrid family culture that we've instilled. You know, when you start growing a business and you start adding all these processes and procedures, it's very easy to just add a lot of corporate red tape to your culture as well. And then people are afraid to talk to each other, you know? So I think that we've humanized the culture to say, you know, this is a safe zone. You can still come and be yourself and and talk to each other. And, and we care about you. We want to know about your families and we want you to know about ours. So I think instilling family culture with people that are not your families is very important in a business because, you know, you're, you're working with them so much. Yeah, and you know, it, it it strikes me, and and I'd be curious to get your take on this. That in the United States, there's almost a discrete line that is drawn b- between home life, work life, and community life. It's like nary the twain shall meet. That we we have to keep them very separate and distinct. And and I think that that's not always the case in in other countries. And and the fact that your family came from Spain, that you're doing business in Mexico, I'm sure that you're. Some of that kind of European-driven um, family family ethic has really been instilled in your own business, which I think is super special. I think that you know that's a, a nice way to show people that you don't just care about them when they're on the job, but you care about them as humans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and, and maybe some of it is cultural and some of it be maybe values you bring from the European culture or the Mexican culture. But the reality is we're, we're kind of taught this narrative now 
a days that it's like, you know, do everything on your own and that's how you win. And, you know, you just, you don't need anybody's help. But I mean, fundamentally, I think is like human nature. If you go back hundreds and hundreds of years, I mean, we were, we were supposed to do things in tribes of that's how you succeed. That's how you win. You win together when you're a, when you're a team and you trust each other. And now it's just so unfortunate to see people that you sit at the same table with and, you know, they just, they don't trust each other and they're wearing the same jersey. So it's, it's, we try to really lead with that. You know, if you're on, if you're on the BR team, we're wearing the same jersey, we, we care. We want there to be as much trust as there can be. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's, you know, that's a reason people stick around, whether they're family or not, that you make them feel like they are. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Shifting gears a a little bit, what's something that you're working on now that you're particularly excited about? Well, our expansion into the Midwest is kind of our big strategy for growth here. There is so much going on, particularly in, in Kansas City, where you're from. You know, it's one of the fastest growing cities in the country, I think, right now. And you've got the new airport that came in. So we're working on some really unique master developments out there. We've made some great relationships. We just hired on an executive that'll kind of take that reign and, you know, foster the relationships he's built in his past to to bring on new opportunities. So, I mean, the Midwest really excites us and the real estate development opportunities that we can do there are, are I'd say, are probably at the at the front of that conversation. Oh, that's exciting. I love that. I love that it's in Kansas City, of course. Yeah. So that, that's fabulous. I've become a Chiefs fan. You know, I'm really yes. a Cowboys fan, but you can't, I mean, <laughs> the Chiefs have got it. The Chiefs have got it. Yeah. The Chiefs have got it. Yeah. We're, uh, we're big fans here. And, and, you know, it's interesting. There's a, there is a lot of discussion about Kansas City being a sports town and, and it really has always been, but to your point, there's a lot of other things going on too. So the airport, uh, downtown expansion. So there, there's a lot of neat things happening. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're participating. You know, one of the things kind of flipping that around is that we all face challenges and especially in, in the midst of economic turmoil, there are so many challenges that entrepreneurs face in their work. How have you been able to overcome obstacles and emerge a stronger leader? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say stay nimble, right? So I think reactiveness, especially emotionally or with a feeling, is is very real, right? So when you see or hear or you look at the media, you may say, "Oh my gosh, you know, the sky is falling." You can react and get a sense of discouragement, and you know, you've got to be able to be nimble, pivot, and just have a a realistic conversation. You know, look, there's always opportunity. In fact, I believe that the most opportunity are in, in times of of challenge. You know, when mm. when COVID happened, I mean, we we hired eighty people. You know, we were we sat wow. down and had a conversation and said, "Hey, we like what can we do today to continue to grow the business?" Versus, let's be reactive and start making operational cuts. And I mean, I think most people tend to go that way, but I think you you've just got to reset yourself and and be nimble. Fabulous. I, I think you're right. And the fact that you were able to hire 80 people during COVID is is incredible because we heard quite the opposite story from a lot of other industries, a lot of other specific businesses. So that's yeah. phenomenal. And and does your, I assume your workforce has continued to grow? It has, in fact. So I actually put out an announcement today. We It's been a few weeks, but we we tipped over the 200 full-time employee wow. marker, which is just, which is really cool to see. And, you know, I, the, the family and I are really proud of that. And you know, we we're in an industry where where people, I'd say a hundred a hundred or more of those people are are 
you know, actual labor working people, journeymen, foremen, superintendents that are out there on projects. And they tend to live in a world where they don't know what they're doing in a month from now if the job's over. So because we've built this amazing process and systems and, and making sure our projects are scheduled correctly, we keep people employed full time. I mean, that's the goal. So yeah, it's very, it's a passion of, of my family and I is to make sure that happens. So we're excited about it. Oh, congratulations. That's, that's terrific. I'd love to hear about any mentors that you have in your life. Is there someone who has been uh, sort of played a, a particularly meaningful part or, or had an impact on you personally or professionally as your career has taken off? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, there's, there's been several, right. But there's, there's a couple that come to mind. And I mean, my dad always, I would say was one that he, although he passed away when I was 20 years old, I was still able to kind of watch what he was doing. And I was at that point kind of retaliating, like, I don't want to be like you, you know, but just coming out of that teenage now becoming an adult, uh, but still just kind of you still hear those lessons, but you know, one in particular I have, uh, and he's still a mentor. We meet once, once, uh, a week for breakfast if I'm in town and he's in town. But Dr. Lally, who I met in 2011, we were doing a small residential project for his house. And he is just this huge resume guy. You know, he owned hospitals, running hospitals. He was on the board of the Olympics and just doing all these incredible things. And I'm doing this small construction project for him at his house. And he'd take the time and he'd talk to me at the end of the day and, you know, how are things going? And I remember one day just like looking him up and being like, wow, this, this man is incredible. And he's, you know, I, I have access to him. And, you know, I got the opportunity to ask him some questions. And I said, Doc, how do you, how do, you do it? I mean, what, I mean, how, how do you make all this money and how do you, and he kind of just dumbed it down and said, hey, if you, if you need to make more money, just go make more money. If you need an opportunity, just go ask for it. You know, just, you, you need to start asking, you know, take the risk basically is what he's saying. So, and, you know, he kind of forced out. So, so what do you want? What do you want from the business? I said, well, we'd like to start doing projects in your hospitals. And he said, great. And the very next day, we were doing a project in his hospital. So that really led our path into our healthcare division because of that, which is still today, more than 50% of, of the businesses is in healthcare. And uh, that man had a lot to do with it. Okay. That's an amazing story. I love, first of all, I love that you had the courage to simply ask him the question, yeah. <laughs> but then that then he turned it back on you and said, keep asking questions, keep asking yeah. for what you want. So that yeah. is amazing. And, and I also find it interesting that the relationship sort of grew organically, that this was not, you know, nobody said here, okay, so formally you're going to be the mentee and you're going to be the mentor and you're going to get together once a month, but you're just getting together once a month because you like each other. Yeah, right? it just happened. I mean, I'm I'm the godfather of his babies now. And I mean, it's just, it's a really, it was a really cool relationship. And we have a lot of fun together. I've learned a lot, you know, maybe some things not to do as well, but definitely a lot of great things from him. Yeah, I think that's, that's incredibly special. Do you, do you have a peer group or any others that you meet with on a regular basis like that? Or are you involved in any community organizations where you're finding some of that peer mentorship? No, I, I mean, I'm kind of... Um, we we have a very strong executive team and mm -hmm. you know i call them the elite of the industry and and we meet and we strategize and we brainstorm and sometimes i have the worst ideas and they have the best or vice versa and we just kind of put it on the table and it, it just allows us to strengthen our relationship because we we look at it as this is our small army let's go let's go attack and you know yeah. i think that alone kind of helps us kind of get in that it's it's mindset what i've learned from a lot of these peer groups is and i've been asked to be part of them but you know, I, I, I need it to be relatable to what we're doing. What are we accomplishing together? So it's yeah. great to do it with the team of people we have here. 
Ah, that's very special. Very special. Well, there's there's one question that I ask of every guest and I have to ask it of you. It, it's if you could go and have coffee with anybody, any one person, who would it be and why? And I don't care if they're living, not living, fictional or non-fictional. Who, who would you want to go get together with and, and just sort of... Uh, That's such a great question. Only because he's fresh on my mind and he's been maybe very relevant recently. But Jordan Peterson, I don't know if you know who that is, but Jordan Peterson is this unbelievable speaker, author, and he just articulates such a great message. Like I I watch him interviewed and when he, he hears this question, like he stops and you could tell he's processing at a million miles a minute. And then the the message that comes out and the articulation is like, how did you even come up with this? And, and he just, <laughs> he's pretty incredible. So, I mean, just because it's fresh, I'd say, I'd say him, but it, I don't really tend to glorify anybody that's, you know, human, I guess. Okay. I got it. That's great. That's great. Well, it has been such a delight to have you on Enterprising Podcast. Juan Banos, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and about the BR companies? Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And you know, you are an extension of Enterprise Bank, which has been an unbelievable partner for us. And a special shout out to Brian Arguya, who was the reason why we started doing business with Enterprise. And it's so important to have a banking relationship. But Yes, you can find us on our website, brco.com. And, uh, you know, we're on all the great social media platforms and LinkedIn's and Facebook's and Instagram's. But if you're looking for us, you can find us. Well, great to know you. Thanks for being on. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.